0: You are listening to The Light of Today with the powerful, life-changing Word of Christ that heals, delivers, transforms, and fills you with the Holy Spirit. Let God's truth burst forth into your heart. Stay tuned to The Light of Today with Chris Palmer. We talked about what it meant to be pure in heart. If you want to have an encounter with God, you have to, it begins, and you need to know that it begins, him inside of your heart. You can't have an encounter with God unless your heart is in it. How would you like to be in a relationship with somebody, but your heart's not in it? Have you ever been in a relationship before you didn't want to be in it anymore? it happens to single people all the time they're in a relationship and one person decides i want to get out of this relationship but they don't know how to tell the other person and they're sending text messages with the little kissy emoji in it but even though they're sending that text message they're thinking i I didn't have to send them this text message right you're saying you know maybe i'll see you later you know sweetheart i'll talk to you later but you're thinking well I wish I didn't have to call her sweet. I wish I didn't have to call him sweet. I don't know how to break it to him. I don't want to be in this no more. And your head's in a relationship, but your heart is not there. And the moment you tell that person, my heart is not there, guess what? The relationship has been severed. Do you know that there are people that are sending God kissy emojis, but their heart is not behind it. They lift, their, oh, you're not here tonight. I'm trying to make this real as possible for you. They're lifting their hands and giving God adoration, but their heart is not in it. And God can see right through that and says, I wish you would stop trying to fake it and admit to me your heart's not in it. And if you want, I can cause a transformation to begin. Are you here tonight? A transformation to begin in your heart. There's a saying that we have Go big or go home All or nothing And in the kingdom God says you either do it big Or don't do it at all Either your heart is going to be in it Or it's not going to be in it at all It says in Mark chapter 12 to Verse number 29 Picking up where we left off last week You sense the power of God here tonight Whew. Jesus I pray tonight, Father, that they would get it in their heart. Lord, do a transformation. Do a transformation in their heart. man came to Jesus and says, what is the most important command? And Jesus says, love the Lord your God with half of your heart. Love the Lord your God with 75% of your heart. Love the Lord your God with 98.5%. of your heart. He didn't say that. Jesus says, love the Lord your God. Someone say, with all. But Jesus in Matthew chapter 24 says something very interesting. I want to focus on this part tonight. He says that in the last days, in the last days, sin will be rampant everywhere. How many of you have noticed just by going on Twitter or Instagram or going on Facebook that everywhere you look, people are finding new ways to sin? There are new TV shows that come out every single day. And you think to yourself, boy, I just, when I thought there was another way to sin, people were finding other ways to sin. And this week, what I was telling somebody about is that now that people are finding new ways to sin, do you know who the people inventing the new ways to sin, what the Bible calls them? They call mockers. How many know that there are people today that all they do is mock other people? They mock. The Bible says that mockers take the holy things and they desecrate them. And a mocker, nothing is sacred to them anymore. There's no honor inside of a mocker. Are you here tonight, everyone? There's no respect inside of a mocker. And the word of God tells you that because of mockers, there will be sin rampant everywhere. And you know what begins to happen when you're around that sin is Jesus says that the love of many will wax cold. Do you know what that means? It means people, listen, look 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 people that started on fire for God, people that used to come to church, people that used to lift their hands to God, they get around the sin, they get around the mockers, they get around the, whatever it is, and guess what starts to happen? Their love for God begins to grow slowly but surely, colder and colder and colder, and their life becomes more meaningless by the minute. Jesus says it will wax cold. This word means that it will grow cold like somebody is blowing on it to cool it down. My nephew, I like to talk about him all the time because I love him so much. He's changed my life. amen. he's four years old. He came to my house to play, and I was in my room studying. I was burning a candle. It was green. I just had bought it at Walmart. I like the green candles. And he came in the room. I didn't want him to knock it over, so I blew the candle out. And then we went downstairs to get him a juice box, and he came back up, and he's playing with the candle. You know what happens when you have a candle just blown? It's, it's gooey. You know what I mean? It's, we, we can touch it, and he starts playing with it, and putting his finger in like he's never seen it before. He said, what is this, Uncle Chris? What is this? I say, it's monster blood. <laughs> he said, what? I said, this is monster blood. This is what this, I collect, monster blood? All. And he starts scraping it out with his fingers and starts playing with it. But do you know what happened after three or four minutes? It grew cold and it was no longer impressionable. And guess what happened? When it was no longer impressionable, you lost interest. And do you know what begins to happen to believers' hearts? Are you and I don't think we have to preach to you. When a believer's heart, oh Jesus, when a believer's heart is not constantly lit by the fire of the Holy Ghost. Listen to me. This is uh, when it's not constantly around the power of God in the presence of God. When you're not constantly on your knees saying, God, I need a fresh encounter with you today. I Jesus, I need, I need more of you, Jesus. I need more of you. It begins to cool down. And no longer is able to be interested in it because it's no longer pliable. And God is looking on this earth today and he's saying, I'm not looking. I am not looking for the smartest. I'm not looking for the most famous. I'm not looking for the person that's the best looking or the next American Idol. I'm looking for people that will have a heart that's on fire for me. it says in Proverbs chapter 4 because out of your heart come the issues of life or how about out of your heart determines how close you can be to the presence of God so God says you want to be close to me? you want to make sure that you're around me all the time? Set a watch over your heart so that blowers don't come around and try to cool down what's inside of you. Don't allow people to come and try to cool your love for God down. Don't allow mockers and naysayers and people out there to cool down what's inside of here. Guard it! Set a watch over your heart. When I go out of town sometimes for 50 days plus, out of the country you have to have a passport. You know, today, gosh, if you don't have, my friend went to Costa Rica this week, and he took his four-month daughter. And I said, "Did you have to have a passport? He said, yeah. I said, for her? He says, it's crazy nowadays. And it's true. I have to take a passport. Do you know that if I lose that passport, I'm not getting back to my country. I'm stuck wherever I am. I'm stuck, I don't care. So my passport becomes my most guarded possession. Do you know what I do? Everywhere I go, I put that passport in my front left pocket. And every 20 minutes, I do something like this. Just touch it, just to make sure it's there. 50 days of doing this. When I go to bed, I put it under my pillow. You're going to have to slide me over and move me out of the way you're not touching my passport you can take my clothes you can take my underwear you can take my contacts you can take my glasses i'd rather not see but i'm getting back in the united states now. i'm going stay out here boy he's gone 50 days if you get back to america's so like kiss it people are like i want to go to italy but you're like after 50 days in italy you're like i don't ever want to see that place again i don't care how bella it is it's beautiful So every day, I guard like this. You know what you need to do to your heart? Every 20 minutes, every day, guard your heart. Make sure you're checking it. Are you here? Make sure you're checking the heart. Make sure you're checking it. You know why? why what are do you doing? Why are you checking your heart? I'm making sure it's right before God. You get up in the morning. You're checking your heart. You say something to somebody that sounds stupid. God, forgive me. You're checking your heart. Why? You're not touching. You're not getting in here, your devil. You're not going to make it get cold before God. I want to see God. I want him in my family. I want God in my church. I want God in my music. I want God in my family. Check my heart before God. Say something to your wife, I'm sorry. He said, He's sorry. Why do you say you're sorry? Because I don't want God to be disappointed with me because I want to have His presence in my life. And so, do you know what starts to happen when people neglect their heart? Is their heart starts to grow cold and it becomes the hard heart. Someone say, A hard heart. You guys are gonna let me preach tonight, right? You guys are looking at me like I'm a zebra, like asking. It's like you guys looking at me like when I put lines in my hair for the first time. I went to a coffee shop. The lady said, Hey, what? <laughs> I said, Yeah, Barbara messed up. She goes, No, it looks She didn't say nice. She said, It looks fancy. I said, That's a way of saying it looks ugly, right? <laughs> I said, this is the last time I used this Starbucks, I'm going to the one on twelve mile now. And I I told the barber, I said, put some lines in my hair. He said, would you want lines in your hair? i gonna cut the part in my hair. I said, no, no, two lines. Because I like the soccer player that does it. He said, Chris, you're me, bro. <laughs> I said, hey, you're not my mama, don't worry. <laughs> my mom likes the lines in my hair. <laughs> what is a hard heart? A hard heart comes from two words that means a heart that is difficult to the point of being impossible. It means a stubborn heart. Some look at your neighbor and say, stubborn. stubborn. Men look at your wives and ask them, Am I stubborn? <laughs> Someone say, Honey, am I stubborn? <laughs> Are you guys here tonight? Am I present to nobody? Well, it was louder when we were setting up this afternoon. It means a heart, look at this if you're writing it down, a hard heart, write this down, is a heart that resists the presence of God. Do you know how many people today? a heart that is resisting God. The greatest example in the Bible of somebody that resisted God is Pharaoh, found in Exodus chapter 7. You know the story of Moses, there was just a movie out about it. You didn't even have to read the story. You could have gone to Imagine or 20 and know all about Pharaoh. Pharaoh was told by God to let the children of Israel go, and God told Pharaoh. Let my people go. And Pharaoh said no. It took Moses coming to him and saying, this is the word of God. And Pharaoh says, I don't care what the word of God is. I'm not going to let the people of God go. And he's demonstrating to you, look, this is simple, but he's demonstrating to you that when a person tells God no, their heart gets cooled down one notch. And when your heart becomes stubborn before God, guess what begins to happen? Chaos begins to happen all around you. Do you know the reason why there's so much chaos in people's lives? Do you know why there's so much disarray that's unnecessary in a person's life? Is because they have told God no. When I counsel people, they say, why are so much things happening to me that it's not good? I said, because there may be an area in your life where you are unwilling to allow God to touch. And you know what happens? First the Nile turned to blood, and Pharaoh said, no. Then frogs filled the land. And Pharaoh said, okay, I'll let the people go. And he says, you know what, I changed my mind. Then gnats filled the land. And then flies filled the land. And Pharaoh says, okay, I'm gonna let the people of God go. And slowly but surely, play after play, the guy's heart gets harder and harder and harder. And sometimes I wonder, when people's hearts are growing cold, don't they see that all they have to do is just tell God, I'm sorry, and God will reverse it and cause prosperity to come back into their life? Finally, you know what happens is the death angel came and all the firstborn of Egypt were killed. And even after that, Pharaoh went after the children of Israel and lost his own life. And the Bible has a word for somebody whose heart has become disobedient it's the word stiff neck. Stephen was getting stoned by the religious leaders of his day. They were taking stones and thrown at him because the spirit of the living God was doing the next move in the affairs of mankind, and it was called Christianity, the administration of the Holy Spirit. A year tonight, when the Holy Spirit came upon man, he took the kingdom of Israel And he brought the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ. And now God was moving in the earth through Jesus. And the religious leaders didn't want to accept the move of God. And Stephen began speaking by the Spirit of the Lord. And the religious leaders resisted what God was saying through the Holy Spirit in Stephen. And when Stephen was being stoned in Acts 7.51, he said, you are a stiff-necked people. This is what this means. Stiff-necked was referring to an axe. It took two ox to drive a plow. And the person that was driving the plow, he had the plow in one hand and he had in the other hand an ox goat. And every time he would hit the ox with the ox goat, the ox would feel it upon his neck and he would know which way to turn. But there were certain ox that when that ox goat hit their neck and tried to direct them, they ignored it. And it was said that they were of a hard neck or a stiff neck. And what he means by stiff neck is people that are not responsive to the Holy Spirit in their life have become a stiff-necked people are you here and those oxen are not good for the Holy Spirit to continue to use how many times do you see Are you here tonight how many times does the Holy Spirit tell the body of Christ do this or church this is the way I'm moving this is the new move of God that is coming I want to do this in the people I want to do this and the leader or the pastor or somebody says no Holy Spirit I don't want to do that are you here tonight and God says there's stiff neck When you go before God to pray, when you go before the Lord, and you're always in prayer, you will receive the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life. You don't know how God is directing you because you haven't been in prayer. When you are not in prayer, when you're not praying to God and seeking Him, you are blind. It's like you have no spiritual eyes, and the Holy Spirit cannot lead you. And so he's trying to teach you with that obstacle and say, listen, if you go left, it's going to hurt you. If you go right, it's going to bless you. And he hits you and you don't feel it and you go left. You say, God, why is all this happening to me? Why am I in trouble? Why did I get into this mess? And God says, you're not responding. When I talk to you, you can't respond. And it's because the person has been out of the presence of God for so long. And their heart has become Are you right here tonight. Write this down if you're thinking this. Someone say, My heart before God will be pure. A heart that is hard is a heart that is uncircumcised. You say circumcision. Wow, what you talking about up in here tonight? You guys are sure serious, man. You're looking at me like I said, I'm going to give you guys a test. Circumcision in Israel. Wasn't anything deeper than simply a sign of obedience to God. When a person in Israel took circumcision, when a male, after eight days, circumcised himself, there is nothing deeper. There's no hidden meaning behind circumcision, what it stands for. All it means is simply, I'm going to devote and consecrate my heart to the Lord. And when Stephen rebuked the religious leaders, he says you are of an uncircumcised heart. A hard heart is simply a heart that is not devoted and consecrated to the living God. When your heart becomes hard because you're not being in the presence of God, when your heart starts telling God no it starts resisting Him, It has become unconsecrated before him. And when it's not consecrated before him, God cannot bless you the way that he wants to bless you. And so when a person gets a hard heart, it grieves the Holy Spirit because God's greatest desire is to be close to his people. You say, why is it that God wants me to separate myself to him? And it's simply this. Because God has separated himself to you. In order to be in covenant with God. Are you here tonight church? In order to be in covenant with God. It requires dedication to him. He has devoted himself to his church. You can't be in a relationship with somebody. Are you here? You cannot be in a relationship with somebody. And say you know what? You know. You're devoted to me, I'm devoted to you, you're committed to me, I'm committed to you, but at the same time, I got other commitments elsewhere. No, no, no. It doesn't work. God looked at his people and says, guess what? I'm going to dedicate myself to you. 100%. Ask, and it will be given. Seek. And you shall find, you need healing, here's the kingdom. You need power, here's the kingdom. You need deliverance, here's the kingdom. You need me to die for you so that you can have resurrection life, here's the kingdom. You need it, I've given everything to you, but it's going to require one thing from you, and that is your heart. Give it to me. Give me your whole heart. I told God, Lord, I spoke to the Lord, I said, Lord, I am going to give you everything. I'll give you every last ounce of energy that I've got. But do you know that when your heart is not hard, it's easy to serve the Lord. That's right. Someone told me one time, he said, is it hard to walk in holiness? I said, no, it's not hard to walk in holiness. He said, so, is it hard to live pure? I said, no, it's not hard to live pure. Because the more you keep your heart around the presence of God, the more your heart desires to please Him. In the story of David, it says in Job chapter 11, why do people's hearts get hard?" It says in Job chapter 11, if you devote your heart to Him and stretch out your hands to Him, if you put away the sin that is in your hand, and allow no evil to dwell in your tent. Someone say, No evil. No evil to dwell in my tent. What's Joe talking about right here? This is a simple fact in life sin will dwell in your home when you allow it to first dwell in your heart. Someone say, Why is there sin going on in this family? Why is there sin going on in my life? Why is there tragedy? Do you know what? Because sin first begins in your mind. And in your heart, and in your thoughts, and in your ideas. And that's why Job said this: when sin comes knocking at the door of your tent, kick it out. Anytime someone said to me, I fail, I make a mistake, I said, the moment you make a mistake is not what happened. The moment that you made the mistake is when you first gave it more than one thought. You said, well, Pastor, you know, I, you know, I went too far. I, 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 I hit my wife. I got drunk. I did this. Whatever you people to deal with. You said, no, no, no. It didn't happen at the moment. It first began when you started drawing upon it. You'll see the person in the Bible that had one of the greatest relationships with the Lord was King David. You don't like King David now, right? I mean, everyone likes King David. King David was a mighty warrior in the armies of God. If there ever was a powerful soldier in God's army, it was David. I don't know about you, but if I could be anyone in the Bible, I'd be King David. David was bad. Let's just be straight and honest. Anyone that can kill a bear and then kill a lion, and then go and take a nine foot giant's head off with his sword, that's pretty bad. You think LeBron James is cool, winning a championship. You think Tom Brady or Russell Wilson is gonna be bad on Sunday because they can throw a football 65 yards, I don't know. You let them try and kill a bear. <laughs> I won a Super Bowl, I killed a grizzly bear with my bare hands, how about that? Or if I killed a grizzly bear with my bare hands, that would be all over Facebook. <laughs> I would take Instagram pictures of that lion and put my no weapon next and says you don't see a weapon because my weapons are my hands, right? David was powerful, but the reason why David was so strong is because his relationship with God was strong. And you'll start to read in scripture that in chapter 10, David and his army killed 700 men and 40,000 foot soldiers because God was with them. An Ammonite king Disrespected David's men. David sent them to the Ammonite king to be courteous. And the Ammonite king made a show of them. And David said, like, Oh, wait a second. He shaved your beards? He made you look stupid? Okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna kill him. And you know what David did? He himself went into battle because they defied the armies of the living God. But there was something wrong in David's heart. And that is, he became idle around his home. Oh, this is powerful. Listen, listen, listen. Stay with me. Because there were no battles to fight. And because the kings were not at war, because nobody was fighting, David grew complacent. Do you know in your life, when you stop fighting battles, when you stop Going to war in prayer. When you stop fasting, when you stop serving your local church, when you stop praying for people, when you get to that place where you feel you have arrived, what begins to happen is that idleness allows your mind to open up the door to the enemy's deception. David's idle, walking around his temple, nothing to do. Well, I killed a bear, I killed a lion, I killed lion, I kill 40,000 men, anyone that messes with me, I can take them out. The enemy says, I'm not going to kill you from the outside in, I'm going to kill you from the inside out. Your strength is your walk with God, your strength has been your heart this whole time, and I'm not going to attack your kingdom, I'm going to attack where your kingdom came from, and that is your heart. Are you here tonight? Are you here tonight? And the enemy is not going to attack your home. The enemy is not going to try to attack your job. He's not going to try to attack your bank account. He's going to try to attack your inner man with temptation that comes from Satan. David's walking around his house, and all of a sudden he sees a gorgeous woman bathing on top of the roof, which they did back then. David said, hmm, wow. He knew who she was. She was the wife. Wife. I don't care who you think God wants you to be with. If they're married, he don't want you to be with them. Well he, I've had people I had someone tell me they say, well, really? God wants me to be with them. I said, but they're married. they said, yeah, but you know, I said, no, no, no. <laughs> Better not see you talking to him. but you talking to him. Let him know what you told me. (laughs) Better not see that you became friends on Facebook with him or nothing. Ever alert, right? (laughs) Trying to keep these families together, not tear them apart. David said, "Man, but why? You know, man. But he's arrogant now." And David says, "This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna sleep with her. And do you know why he slept with her? It's because her husband." was at war, and he wasn't. When you sin, what David should have done is when he had that thought, he should have taken that thought and kicked it out of his tent. You know, you have a tent. The next time a thought comes to you that's contrary to God's will for your life, you say, thought, get out of my tent. You know, I used to watch the show back in the 90s. It was called The Fresh Prince of Bell. You know that show, is? You know when Will Smith's friend started talking to DJ Jazzy and Jeff? started acting fool inside the house. What did his dad do? His dad would take him, and he'd take him, and all of a sudden you see the outside of the house just sitting there, and all of a sudden you see him come flying out the house. That's what you need to do to do the thoughts of sin when they come. You need to grab that thought, grab it right head, take it, and throw it out of your heart. You say, sin, you're not allowed in my heart. What? Because I'm not going to have a heart. Oh, I get tempted, but I grab my temptation by the neck and throw it out of my tent. Amen. But then didn't do it. When you sin, if you're taking notes write this down. when you sin, your attention will go from honoring God to trying to cover your sin instead of spending time thinking about how you can please God, you will think about how you can cover up the consequences of your sin. Until your heart is no longer externally directed to God. It's internally directed to your Holy Spirit. Your eye comes back for more. Don't tell you something. You know that your eye knew what was going on. No man comes back home to his wife and thinks himself, nothing's going on. Something's fishy going on in a marriage. Usually the man or the woman knows about it. That's a fact. They know. And David said to Uriah, David, you know, he got her pregnant, so David said to Uriah, Uriah, why don't you go in and lay with your wife? Because he wanted Uriah to think that the child was his and not David's. And you know what Uriah said to him? David, how dare I go lay with my wife when all the rest of my men are in battle, not by their wives. This is a time for battle, not a time to be intimate with my wife. Do you know when David heard that, he knew, he knew that Uriah knew what he did. And he put Uriah on the front line so that Uriah would be killed. When your heart gets cold before God, it will go from cold to colder to coldest to hard to stone till you start doing things that are so contrary to things you never thought that you would do. It is a slippery slope. And when this begins to happen in your life and the consequences start coming, do you know what will happen? It will produce in your life anger towards God. People, are you here tonight, guys? Yes. I'm we'll show you a way out of it. I don't put you in, I'm going to show you how to get out. People that have a heart that's cold are usually the ones that get angry at God. You know the word of God says, are you here tonight anymore? Yes. Some say my heart. Will not be cold before God. Say be my heart, my heart. My heart. We'll honor God. I will honor God. It says here in Jeremiah chapter twenty. Because your Bible's golden, we're almost done. Jeremiah chapter 20. You guys have been good tonight. Say, Lord Jesus, I want a heart that honors you. Say, I'm going to keep sin out of my life. I'm gonna keep it out of my tent I'm gonna keep it out of my church I'm gonna have a heart that's pure before God you know when your heart is pure before God sickness and depression won't come to you when your heart is pure before God you you fight better when your heart is pure before God you can pray people can come to you Jeremiah was a prophet of God he was God's man God anointed Jeremiah from his birth. He said, Jeremiah, I'm calling you to be a prophet, speaking On behalf of my name. How many of you ever heard God call you something? Call me. What? Have you ever heard God call me something? I remember when I was a young man and God put his hand on me. And he said, if you'll live pure for me, if you'll walk holy, I will bless your life and take you places you never thought you would come. If you live pure. That's why I tell young people, be pure. Wait. To you are married to have sex. Don't go out and get drunk with the rest of your friends. Don't do stupid stuff because, yes, God will forgive you, but you will miss out on so much. Don't do that. You can do it. You can save yourself from marriage, young people. Young people, when you get older, save yourself from marriage. I'm 30 years old. I've saved myself from marriage. You can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. You say, was it hard for you? I remember one time I went on a date. Can I give you guys a date story, is it okay? I went on this date with this girl It was a girl, amen? <laughs> I gotta say that these days, you know? I walked in this restaurant, and it was like a blind date set up by friends I may have told this story, but let me tell you I went on this date, there was a blind date, and I walked in, and as soon as I saw her I thought, oh no I'm sensitive to the Holy Ghost I can pick things up usually about people, right off the bat. Not that I'm gonna judge, but I can pick things up about you, man. I can check. I know what's going on. I know what you're thinking. And I thought, she wants to put me on a roaster and roast me. <laughs> <laughs> she hugged me. She said, hi. I said, <sighs> I was going to look at her and be like, taxi. Not, but I had a car. I didn't have to call a text. I was going to run through the hill but I thinking, oh, that's going to be rude. So we're sitting at dinner and we're talking. So what do you like to do? I'm, I'm, my, my sweat is dripping down my face. Because you know you feel that vibe, that young vibe, you know? Let's be free. Let's lose our inhibitions. That the song says. The thing is when you lose your inhibitions, you're losing your mind. We're talking the more. We're talking the pressures. You start to feel that heat, that fever come over you. Are you here tonight? Am I here? here? Oh, it's not good. And every time she would say something, she'd look at me with those eyes that are glaring. I was thinking about what it says in Proverbs chapter 7. Going, I saw a young man go behind, by that house, and he was like a sheep going off to the slaughter. Just come on. Come on. <laughs> Cut your head off. She in the soft slaughter. She one of the smartest thing until that dart goes through his liver and he finds himself dead. I said, Jesus, help me, help me, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. And all of a sudden, I stood. when the pressure got on, I said, excuse me one second. And I went to the bathroom to get myself together. And I went to the stall, the locked stall, made sure nobody, there was one guy using the bathroom, I made sure I heard the door closed behind him he left. I said, "In the name of Jesus Christ of Aspen." I said, "God, I want my heart to be pure before you." I said, "Lust, God, in Jesus' name, whatever temptation is on me, leave in Jesus' name." You know what happened? It was like the Holy Ghost came in with a bucket of water, and <sighs> steam started coming up over me. I walked back down and sat down. It was a totally different atmosphere. I said, where were we? She said, oh, uh, I said, what are we, what are we, what's all this? <laughs> you know, by the end of the night, she was crying, and I was telling her about Jesus. She was telling me all the stuff that had happened in her family, and why she is and the way she is, and I started telling her about the grace of God. And I said, don't call me, I'll write <laughs> your heart I was driving home that night and tears started coming down on my face I felt the presence of God that presence of God that you feel when you've obeyed him is better than any feeling that sin can ever give to you it's more fulfilling it's more loving went to bed that night, and I felt God saying, I'm proud of you, son. I'm proud of you. And you know what it did? Build me up. Someone say, build me up. But you know people get angry before God. Can you give me five more minutes? Are you still here? Is this good tonight? Say, oh, I'm just good. This good. Preach, 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 preach. You know, I only preached 40 minutes last week. Guys, I looked at the table. and said, 40 minutes? I and half this 40 minute stuff I want you to come back and I don't want to preach an hour so Jeremiah is God's man and during Jeremiah's time they were in what is called the Babylonian exile and everybody in Israel hates Jeremiah because Jeremiah Goes before the king of Israel and he tells them, "King, the Babylonians are going to take you over. Don't try to fight them. Don't try to war against them. The Babylonians are going to overcome you. Look up here. Let's just start You know what the king did? He got so mad at Jeremiah, he took his prophecies and cut them into pieces and threw them in a fire. Here is somebody. The man seemed all smiling and happy." Something happened out there. Look at my face, look at my beard, the line, look at my lines in my head. And God says, Jeremiah, go tell the kings of Israel that they're gonna lose this battle. You know when Jeremiah told the king of Israel they're gonna lose this battle? Then everybody in nation Israel thought that Jeremiah was a traitor. And do you know what happens at the end of the book of Jeremiah? Israel is crushed, defeated, nobody receives Jeremiah's prophecies. Nobody listens to what Jeremiah has to say. And that book ends on this tragic note. And you know what God is trying to show you? That many times, God will call you to go somewhere and you fulfill His will, but you are unsuccessful. And being and doing what God tells you to do is the success, not the outcome. You know many times God tells people do this and you do it and you don't see success and God says do this and you don't have no growth, you don't get wealthy, nothing happens to you but God says you did what I told you to do but because you expected to look successful. You get angry at God and you say God you told me to do this how come I'm not popular you told me to do this how come I'm not you know this this and that and God says no 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 no. I didn't call you to be this way I didn't call you to be famous I didn't call you to be the next American idol all I called you to do was do what I tell you to do and you know what happens to many people they get angry before God and Jeremiah looked up at God and he cursed his birth he so why was I even born? Why did you even pick me, God? This difficult task, everybody hates me. I'm abandoned. You know what God just did? He looked at Jeremiah and said, I'm the Lord your God. You know there's people that are angry today because God told them to do something. And they gave God their whole hearts and they never got the life they wanted for themselves and they get upset at God. And the only way out of it is say, God in the middle of this pain, in the middle of this darkness, in the middle of me taking my will and crucifying it on the cross. Give me your presence. The Lord told me one time, son, the only thing that will satisfy you in your life is my presence. My presence. I can give you success or you can look like a failure. And the only thing you're gonna have in life that's gonna fulfill you is my spirit. You can be in a palace, or you can be in some slum hole somewhere, and still feel the presence of God. And that's what makes you a success. It's that you the success that you have is your heart. Heather, come on. pray for people in just a second. Before we pray for people, Jordan went out to the malls. I told you before we started that the kingdom of God is here. Amen. Are you guys are you guys alive again? Jordan. Um, actually when we first walked into the uh, into the mall we went upstairs and Heather had mentioned she saw two younger gentlemen um, standing upstairs and uh, she said let's go pray for them. Um, so we went up and introduced ourselves and asked how they were doing and uh, they actually were in town because two of their family members just. Now that you've heard the light of today connect with us. Go to our website lightoftoday.org write us at P.O. Box 403 Walled Lake, Michigan 48390 or tweet Chris Palmer at twitter.com forward slash Chris Palmer. Our podcasts are free and updated regularly so make sure to share them with a friend And tune in again to The Light of Today with Chris Palmer.